And it's good to be back on the beat. It was December 1st, our last show. We took last week off with no games to recap and, well, exams. I wasn't going to try and bother, really, student-athletes for interviews and that kind of thing. So, plus a personal situation that required my attention actually kind of still does with the family that's why we're gonna not completely go back to the daily schedule in fact for the rest of the year we'll go monday wednesday friday but there's plenty going on in the next few weeks namely the basketball team's back in action and i'm sure there'll be some news and some chances to get some interviews as a matter of fact coming up in our second segment is when we'll in full take you through what went down on Sunday with the return of basketball to the court, namely the women's basketball victory at Virginia Commonwealth, which was crazy and which was a great example of why it is tremendous that I am able to travel, as is Jim Lighthall with the men's team, with the basketball teams because, well, yesterday was a perfect example. I got to see stuff that I'm sure was not on the ESPN Plus broadcast, which was extremely VCU slanted. Man, were they heartbroken. At least act like USF was putting together a big comeback and you were impressed, but no, they were too sad. But yeah, being down there on the court and able to witness some things that happened during a big comeback, well, we'll tell you about that in our second segment. You'll hear highlights. You'll also hear my brief conversation because after his first line, Jose Fernandez could have walked off and had a successful postgame interview. But yeah, you got to hear that. Here we'll do a little bit of catch-up. We're not going to go back and tell you everything that's happened between the last show on December 1st and today, December the 13th. But, of course, we've got to go back to what happened last Monday with football and a lot of things that took place with the football program and right up to last night with some exciting news as well. Of course, the overall exciting stuff that's going on with the team is the continued construction of the indoor performance facility. You don't see any structures or anything like that, but that whole area now, as I drive by every day, or most every day, had a few days off last week, but driving by and seeing that it's all torn down and ready to go, the area where you have the artificial turf field is going to be something special. In fact, it's going to have a roof over it, so we'll continue that sort of strand and update you on it. But Bob Shoup is the defensive coordinator, of course, replacing Glenn Spencer. Bob will also coach the safety 17 years of experience and a lot of recent highly successful years of experience being a defensive coordinator spent last year as an analyst at Miami the year before that coaching the safeties at Michigan prior to that two years at Mississippi State where he had them as one of the top defenses in the country in fact number one in total defense in 2018 number two in scoring defense and as you guys know If you're going to be the top defense in the country and you're in the SEC, that is not an easy situation. He was the defensive coordinator of the year in that season. And back in 2015, number one in the country in sacks at Penn State. And the year before, defensive coordinator of the year in the entire country. Mention the sacks. That is a big thing that Jeff Scott mentioned as far as Coach Shoup bringing an aggressive look to the Bulls defense. We'll have a chance to talk to Bob. We, of course, not only not doing this show, but it's early signing period and they're busy right now recruiting. But trust me, on Bulls Beat, you are going to hear from Bob Shoup. Also has spent time, a lot of it in the SEC, by the way, at Tennessee and Vanderbilt as well. Had four of his defensive players get drafted in 2019 at Mississippi State, which was a school record. Funny enough, he was a wide receiver in college at Yale. 
That's where he started off his career, spent a lot of time up in the Northeast, basically, UMass, Boston College, Army, William and Mary, Northeastern. Yes, he's been to a lot of places, and now he is at USF. Mentioned early signing period, we can't bring up high school athletes until they're actually officially signed with the Bulls, but we can tell you about some transfers from other Division I schools, including a safety from Clemson. If you go to the USF football Twitter page, they retweeted that, and clearly it is, especially on defense, going to be a situation where this team needs to add immediate help, namely from the transfer portal. They have an entire defensive line to replace, essentially, and you can't go with a bunch of freshmen, true freshmen anyway. So, yeah, there are a lot of big-time, and a lot of them former Tampa Bay athletes coming back home, added to the roster. Once it's all official and we can read them out to you here, we'll do it on the show. But a little bit of momentum going on, and I saw one publication already had USF listed number one as far as its transfer recruits. You know, you can't just do freshman class rankings anymore because, well, the game has changed when it comes to the transfer portal. Brian Batty had a pretty good day against Houston with the two kickoff returns. It got him All-American honors. In fact, we were excited when he got second-team All-American, according to CBS Sports. But after that, two of the other five major publications that do the All-American football teams had Brian Batty as the first-team All-American kickoff returner, the Football Writers Association of America, and the Walter Camp Foundation. He is the first bull to land on two first-team All-American lists since George Selvey did it in 2007. Here's how it sounded on USF Bulls Unlimited twice. Landed Brian Batty in All-American spot. Jimmy Horn, Brian Batty are the deep men. Kick is in the air. We are underway, and it's Batty, and it's going to be returnable. He takes it at the goal line. Up the near side of the field, he's got a seam. 35-40 into Houston territory. He's got a touchdown. Brian Batty, second of the year, and the Bulls lead Houston. It took 13 seconds. How about that? All the talk about Marcus Jones, and it's Brian Batty who returns the opening kickoff. USF leads Houston. And we talked about it in the pregame season. (laughs) USF just got a sideline warning, but we talked about it in the pregame segment. We knew that this special teams unit for USF has been great all year. And we know that when they talk about the opposing opposing team's kick returner, that special teams unit is going to get more hyped up. And Brian Badi was challenged, his coach challenged him, hey, be the best returner on the field tonight. Great job. Spencer Schrader with the point after, and it is good. And the Bulls have stunned Houston to open this game. And here come the green lights once again at Raymond James Stadium. Houston coming in at 7-1. Perfect 5-0 in the conference. They had a real shootout last week, 44 to 37 over SMU. They won it on a Marcus Jones kickoff return for touchdown late in the game. Returnable for Batty at the goal line. Takes it up the center of the field, makes a cut. He's going off to the races again. He's got another one. It's Brian Batty, third of the year, second of the game. Unbelievable. No flags. Bulls are back in front. 
He took it right on the goal line again. It may be another 100-yarder. And he has matched Terrence Horn, Georgia Tech 2018, as the only bull to ever have two in a game. Batty now has three in a career. That's a record. And the Bulls lead Houston with 2.16 to go in the second quarter. Just textbook. Again, untouched. Yeah. That's the definition of putting the team on your back. And I think Brian Batty took it personal that the entire country was talking about Jones being the best returner coming into this game. And I think you see one of the best, if not the best, kick returner in the country here at USF wearing number 21. One of the best individual performances of 2021, speaking of 21, and if you weren't aware, we started this last week, the best games of 2021. Now the Houston game kind of, I guess we could put that in there because it ended up being a wild final score. Forgot the Bulls put up 40 plus, but Houston had 50 plus. However, even if a game itself doesn't make the cut, we still have some special moments from the year that we're presenting over on Bulls Unlimited 2 in the forms of bonus cuts, but mostly it's full games. A lot of the NCAA run for the baseball team has been broadcast over there. We're going to mix in some soccer and some volleyball and some men's basketball as well. Speaking of men's basketball, as we're only doing three shows a week for the rest of the year, calendar year, We will go ahead later on in our second segment and preview tomorrow night's men's basketball game, along with plenty of highlights from yesterday's women's basketball game. But we've got more to catch you up on here. First of all, an 85% graduation rate. As 40 more student-athletes graduated over the weekend, the graduation success rate, basically those that entered school between 2011 and 2014 and graduated within six years, four teams had a perfect 100% GSR. Women's soccer, softball, along with women's golf and men's tennis. Full details up on GoUSFBulls.com. The baseball schedule has been released. I knew this was coming. It was released on Friday, and it's a good one and plenty of chances for you to see last year's Super Regional qualifying team at home. 37 games at home, and man, oh man, is it cool how they're going to start things off with the USF Invitational. We're not going to run down the full schedule here. If you want it, you can go to GoUSFBulls.com, but... Yeah, the start is interesting to note because it's an event, and this is something that the Bulls haven't done lately, but a lot of teams do. And softball, it's all about multi-team events at the beginning of the season, but baseball, not as much. And Billy Mole's team is hosting one, and a former conference team, UConn, which was the number two seed in its regional last year. Also, Louisville, which actually was just a 500 team last season, but in the last NCAA tournament before that, made it to the College World Series. And the third team that the Bulls will play is Charlotte, also a number two seed in its regional last year. So three tough ones to start off and really looking forward to that. Once we get the softball schedule, we'll be able to map things out better. And that should be soon, by the way, on which games we'll be able to broadcast. Pretty good chance we'll do all of the baseball games this year on either Bulls Unlimited or Bulls Unlimited 2, especially since there are only three flights, I think I'm going to be flying with baseball, but yeah, everything's going to be either at home or a bus ride to somewhere else in the state of Florida. A lot of teams from the Northeast coming down here, including the second weekend. That'll be Stony Brook for a three-game set. That was a good team last year that actually was its regular season champion, lost its first game in the conference tournament, and because of that, 
ended up not making the NCAA tournament because the weather was so bad in Stony Brook, they never got a chance to finish that. And hey, the NCAA has to announce its field. So Stony Brook, even though they were the number one seed and regular season champion in the American East, were hoping to come through the loser's bracket and never got a chance to. So they're going to be eager to play some baseball. Also, three straight series at home against teams from the Northeast, Brown, Boston College, and Bradley. The Bulls will also be hosting Mercer for a set, Niagara for a set, and they'll play those home and homes, if you will, even though spread out across the season with a lot of teams in state. They play the Florida Gators once, and that's going to be on the road towards the end of the season. And thankfully, we are back to three-game conference series. No one was a fan of the four-game sets. I know why they did it last year, the American, because schedules were a little bit thinner as far as the pre-conference went. And with losing one conference team, just to bulk up the schedule number-wise, they went to four games. But that was a doubleheader in each series, and it just became a grind. And add to the fact that when you have four-game series, a lot of times you didn't have a series winner. You had a split. And to me... If you're going to play a series, have a winner. Don't just spin your wheels. (laughs) So we're happy about that. And there will be rivals that everybody has in the conference that you will play twice, meaning home and away. And yeah, don't need me to tell you who the Bulls rival is. They'll be going to Orlando the first three days of April. And the return trip by UCF will be towards the end of the regular season, May 6th through the 8th. The Bulls will wrap up the regular season with three games against Wichita State at home and then the American Athletic Conference Tournament back at Bay Care Ballpark in Clearwater the week of May 24th. Again, the softball schedule should be out soon. The team did announce three incoming Bulls for not this upcoming season, but the following, including one who's local, Morgan Grubb from Bartow High School. This past year, she hit 364 with 25 RBI, but she also is a quality pitcher, catcher from Puerto Rico by the name of Camille Ortiz, a lot of international experience, and Alexa Galagani. Of course, Ken Erickson's going to try and recruit somebody from New York, White Plains High School up there in New York. He says Bulls fans will love watching her play. She's an all-state player, a tremendous athlete, and great softball IQ. If you want more on those individuals, head to go usfbulls.com. Also on the website, we said the schedule will be released soon, but they actually did announce the entire schedule for the unbelievable event that takes place at the Eddie Moore Complex in Clearwater. The St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitation of the Bulls will have a game against Notre Dame Friday, February the 18th at 3 o'clock. So same day that baseball starts off its season at night, the softball team will be playing in the afternoon. Then it'll have another afternoon game that's Saturday against Oak State and then two games on Sunday against Auburn and Wisconsin. Generally, that's the second weekend of the season, so we can anticipate that the Bulls will start off their season the weekend before, and usually they host plenty of tournaments. So again, once we find out the schedule, we'll pass it on to you here. Also want to mention an All-American. Anytime we get a chance to do that, we did it with Brian Batie. Sydney Nicello, the women's soccer standout, a second-team All-American as voted on by the United Soccer Coaches. We'll have much more on Sydney because this weekend she is expected to get drafted in the NWSL, and actually I've been invited to her draft party, so we might have an interview with Sydney, but expect that coming up soon. She surely will be a draft pick. Coming up next... 
plenty of wild highlights from an incredible comeback victory. And yeah, since I was there, some insight that you're not going to get anywhere else on the Bulls' victory against VCU. We'll also preview the Tuesday night men's basketball game as they'll be back in action after a disappointing last time out. Stay tuned. This is Bulls Beat.